Good evening. Welcome back to the Go Deep, Go Deep podcast. Words are hard today. One of them days. This is your host, Eric. Coming to you live from Damascus, Maryland. Your local Jets fan, uh, sadist, clearly, uh, and every other Washington sports uh, fan. Let me pass it on over to our karate top knot rocking leftist, AJ. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, this is AJ coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, I am a uh, Washington sports fan for all sports, with the sole exception of my beloved Baltimore Orioles. Um, you look, hit me um, on pretty much all socials at Dune Dan Jets. Uh, we'll slide it on over to uh, my man with the beard. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Lauren. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore heap 21. Um, I'm a Washington football team fan, Wizards fan, anything DC sports related. So, you know, we had a, had a rough weekend handling Dallas this week, but it is what it is. Eric. Yeah. Uh, this weekend was definitely something, uh, for all, for all our teams, honestly, Baltimore, New York, and, uh, Washington, not a good week for us here on the podcast. Uh, but I want to say in general, it's not been a good week or weekend for the NFL for sure. Um, and as news keeps pouring in from the NBA, doesn't sound like a good good uh, good week of news for the NBA either. As both leagues seem to be going through uh, what seems like a really big COVID outbreak. Um, I'll let I'll let Lauren and AJ get into what's going on in Washington. But even last night before the game, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, the star cornerback for the Los Angeles Rams was put on the COVID list. Um, not shortly thereafter the game, Odell Beckham was put on there. Uh, the Browns had to put eight players on the COVID list. Um, Christian McCaffrey's done for the season. He was placed in IR because he was also tested positive for COVID. So it's been a really big week um, for COVID like right now, uh, especially with the Omicron going around. Uh, AJ, I know, I know Washington's had like, basically everybody on COVID, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because it seems like the um, the outbreak in Washington uh, on the Washington football team is centered around uh, that defensive line unit, um, which is interesting because uh, famously before the season, one of the biggest uh, holdouts for not getting the vaccination was Montez Sweat, uh, star defensive end. Um, one of our one of the guys we've you know, we drafted in the first round a couple of years ago. Uh, and who was really making a name for himself before the before the COVID crisis? Well, uh, he got COVID, and then pretty much the entire defensive line uh, has it. Uh, like, and when I say pretty much all of them, I mean pretty much all of them. It's uh, Tim Settle, it's it's Jonathan Allen, uh, it's uh, uh, it's just it's it's so it's so many of Washington stars and starters, and it's it's particularly harrowing at this point in the season. Uh, because Washington is trying to fight for a playoff spot, got a big game against the Eagles coming up, and we're not going to have um, a whole slew of our starting our starting defensive line. Um, and you can imagine what kinds of what kind of problems that can cause um, for a football team that, um, in a lot of ways, really relies uh, on that on that pass rush to generate some pressure and and uh, you know keep the secondary from getting shredded up too much. Um, and in addition to that, you've got you've got a ton of injuries already uh, as well. So Washington was already sort of listing um after you know doing 11 12 weeks of of you know hard battle uh against the rest of the nfl they've got one of the toughest schedules in the nfl um and they were poised to make a to make a pretty good push for the playoffs now now it, i mean they've kind of endangered um endangered those hopes 
And, you know, it's something that we said earlier, you know, back before the season was about to start. Uh, we knew that these players who weren't getting vaccinated were going to put their entire teams at risk, uh, you know, and we're seeing right now in Washington why that is uh, a really stupid way to, of doing things. Um, so I, I just hope that they learn their lesson out of this and, and they get vaccinated eventually. But, uh, um, you know, we'll see. Now, uh, for unvaccinated players, oh, Kendall Fuller is also a big one. He's our he's our second uh, on the depth chart. He's our second cornerback. Uh, and he's been playing extremely well this year. Um, and uh, it, he's unvaccinated. So that means, or at least as far as I know um, from uh, Washington football team beat reporter John Kime, um, he is he's unvaccinated. And so that's an automatic 10 days uh, where he's not going to be able to, to participate in, in football activities with the team. Um, obviously that's extremely devastating at this point in the season. Um, you're going to want your second string guy out there, uh, cause defending, um, you know, I, I don't know how else, uh, I don't know how else to say that you just need, you need him there. There's two cornerbacks on the field pretty much all the time. So, uh, you want that second one out there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good look in Washington, uh, for that, for that defensive unit. Um, and I have to say, I, I kind of really do blame Montez Sweat for this, uh, like, when you when you when you perform the way you perform that, that he performs, you become a leader almost by definition. And when you become a leader, people are going to follow you. And you know you're you're the one out here vocally opposing the vaccine. I'm I'm positive that you he influenced uh, some of his other teammates to do the same thing. Um, and now everyone's got COVID. And and you know just to be clear, you know we don't know we don't know have the enti- we don't have full knowledge of who all has been vaccinated, who hasn't. So I don't want to like roast up uh, anyone who hasn't been publicly vocal about being unvaccinated and stuff. Um, but I do want to place the blame squarely on, on Montez Sweat here. I, I, it's, it's gotta be him. Um, Lauren, you have anything to add? Yeah, I was going to say, it's all kind of burning down right now. I think it was, uh, if I remember the number correctly, it was 36 got added to the COVID list yesterday and then another 25 today. So it's just been going, um, it's been slowly rolling downhill. And the problem is, I don't know if, um, Everybody knows what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure if you're unvaccinated and you get COVID, you can't play for 10 days, period. Um, if you are vaccinated and you get COVID, you have to get tested. You can get tested. You just have to have two negative tests. Um, and so Jonathan Allen's probably going to get tested every day as many times as he can until he gets those two negative tests that come back. The wild part is, though, Mont- for Montez Sweat, which, you know, might not mean anything, is once he um, – once he's healthy and once he clears and once he's past COVID, he doesn't have to get tested again for 90 days, I think, is what it's for the NFL's rules. So, um, you know, it's just it's just wild. It's 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 all snowballing and going downhill real fast, you know. Um, and, you know, like Eric kind of alluded to, the NBA is also kind of getting reports are coming out in the NBA. So it's, it's spreading and <clears throat> players need to pay attention. Players need to wear masks and follow those safety health and safety protocols if they're going to keep trying to play and, and definitely get vaccinated. But Eric, do you want anything, add anything to that? And I mean, and I'm looking through like the COVID list right now, right? Like just, just to begin with the, with the NFL. I mean, we mentioned, you guys mentioned Fuller, Settle, Allen, um, some, even some of your backup defensive line, like two Hill, uh, Bradley King, like that, that really, you know, I know that for, for a team like, like Washington right now, that's in the hunt. Like, God, that has to cripple you so hard. Um, but then you got, I mean, even though Jets, I mean, Mike White was, who was our backup. I mean, he's had, he's been on COVID since like last week. Can't get off the list yet. Um, one of our special teams aces, Justin Hardy is on the list. Um, the Giants have Kadarius Tony on the list. I mean, 
just like a bunch of big names going out on the list and it's like you wonder how how much this is going to affect um like the product that the, the teams put out like especially heading into crunch time um and like you know what measures the nfl is going to take here at this point like i mean what if washington can't field a full roster i mean do they do they stick to their guns and make y'all forfeit if they can't reschedule? Do they make like how do they reschedule it? Do they flex you to I don't know like a Wednesday or something like? Yeah, it'd be interesting. The uh, the reminder of last year. So I found this out today, and you guys may have known this, but remember the Broncos last year had to start a wide receiver practice squad wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I found out today why the NFL made them play their game, but they were so flexible with like the Ravens and the other teams. So what the NFL did an investigation, and what they found out was the like the, it all started in the quarterbacks room. What they found out was they had trackers on. The quarterbacks are supposed to wear trackers and make sure you stay your safe distance. So what the, the guys would do is, were doing is when they would go in the meeting room, they put their tracker on, on, de- on separate desks that showed they were far apart, and then they'd all sit together and huddle together and watch film in, like, the middle of the room. So they got busted. They got busted doing that, and that's when they all got COVID and, you know, you know missed and got killed in that game. But, um, uh, yeah, so that's what the NFL found out and was like, all right, you know what, you're going to mess with our rules or, like, not take our rules seriously, then fine, play on Sunday. So – it should, it'll just be real interesting to see all the NFL's reaction to this and what, what happens, you know, because the Bulls, um, the Chicago Bulls, to change sports, just had to cancel, postpone two games because they couldn't feel the full roster. You know, they just didn't have enough people. So it's going to be real interesting. I saw that the NFL also put, pushed down a mandate that I think, I guess, Tier 1 and Tier 2 employees have to get vaccinated, period, in front offices. So, you know, they're going to probably start getting more, getting, uh, more serious about it as time goes on. We'll see what else other changes they make. Right. I mean, it's interesting for me, like with the NBA, just because they have so many games, like I'm sure that they can reschedule that further down the line or something like that. I mean, NBA seems way more flexible, but like the NBA, like the NFL, like you said, right? Like the Broncos had to do that in that one moment. Start. I think it was KJ Hamler, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think who I can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's still on the roster as a wide receiver, so he's their emergency quarterback. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But um, yeah, everybody keep an eye out because this COVID outbreak right now, the surge that's going on, like it's pretty it's pretty visible in the leagues because these are all big names. But it's still no joke here for us folk, you know, us, us uh, average Joes out here as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll it, look, it, this shouldn't come to this shouldn't come as any surprise to people in a country where, like, we basically have decided to just ignore the virus, as like half the country just basically is pretending it doesn't exist, and the other half of the country is is vaccinated. Like, this was obviously going to happen the entire time. We don't have a government that takes this seriously enough to enforce a mandate for everybody to take, to get the vaccine. We don't have, uh, you know, what we do have is a sort of zombie government that's willing to, uh, willing to sort of you know, prop up a, uh, you know, the economy in order to, to enrich a very small number of uh, people and continue to enrich them um, at the expense of the public health. And so this was obviously what you were going to get the entire time. Uh, it's stupid and ridiculous. And not only are we, are we screwing ourselves by doing this, uh, we're also screwing ourselves doubly by preventing the rest of the world from accessing the uh, intellectual property necessary to stamp out the vaccine in their countries. So inevitably, these, these different various variants are going to keep popping up uh, you know, who knows how long this can go on. Uh, I guess it just depends on when, uh, you know, what level of death the the uh, powers that be have decided is acceptable for the rest of humanity. Um, but until then, uh, until we figure this crap out and actually act collectively uh, like we could be doing, 
your favorite players are just going to keep getting COVID and they're going to have to keep sitting out for two weeks at a time, um, you know, which obviously seems like small potatoes given that people's lives are actually at stake. But uh, whatever incentive gets you to the doctor to get your shot, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please go do that. We here support vaccines, but anyways, uh, got to be grateful for beans, rice, Jesus Christ, and Byron. Uh, <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick flex, real quick. Uh, we wanted to give a shout out to Steph Curry, uh, Lauren. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he broke the record, right? He he, he did yep. that. Yep, he just did it. Uh, he did it pretty quick. <laughs> he only took uh, three shots in the game to the first, you know, two minutes, and and two of them were, and all three of them were threes, and two he hit he hit them both. So. Of course he did. Probably going to go off for 50 tonight, so I would mark that down. Yeah, which is an interesting uh interesting point to 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 bring up. So I'm not I, I mean from my from my limited football or sorry, football, basketball knowledge, uh I I, I always I always thought Ray Allen was probably the best three-point shooter. Um even even more so than Reggie Miller. Uh so it's Obviously, I'm going to put Steph at the top because he just broke the record. But uh, but besides Steph, uh, Lauren, who who would you say was was the best three point shooter in your in your perspective? Yeah, no, probably um, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. But the thing you got to keep in mind, Eric, is that uh, uh, the three point shot that there wasn't really they, the NBA didn't really care much about it up until recently. Steph really changed the game um, with what he did because if you look at the top ten list, you've got like Jason Terry is like number five, like. You've got like these random like other guys that aren't gonna probably Jason Terry won't make the Hall of Fame compared to like it was like Ray Allen and Reggie Miller were like it, and then the whole game just changed for a long time. It was get get the ball in the paint, bang with your big guys, and don't shoot, don't really shoot threes unless you have Reggie Miller or Ray Allen. And so, um, yeah, so Steph really kind of just changed. That's now that's the thing. That's what the NBA does. You go you go down, you shoot threes. But I'd have um, I'd add that yeah, you you nailed it. It's probably those those three. I'm trying to rack my brain on who else I could think of. But um, whenever I think three-point shooters, best three-point shooters in the league, it's Reggie, uh, uh, Ray, and Steph at this point. So um, it's yeah, you know, he's he's definitely changed the game for sure. Uh, uh, and I think you know, obviously, he's going to be a first ballot. I know he would. I, I did the math when <laughs> a few years ago, actually, uh, I did the math, and I was like, he's going to break the he's going to break the three-point record before he's like before he's out of the league, and he's going to run away with it too. Like it's not even going to be close. So he's going to have he's going to shatter this record by like a mile. Like it's going to be, I don't, I don't know how soon it'll be uh, before anybody catches it, but I feel like it's going to be a while before anybody gets close to it. Cause he's still got, he can still play for a few more years. So, but yeah, I think those are probably the best three point shooters that I can probably of all time right there. AJ, anybody else that comes to your mind or. No, no, no. I, I can't really think of any. I mean, I could think of a bunch of good three point shooters, but like yeah, best of all time. I mean, who knows? I mean, Peja Storyakovich, he's not one of the best of all time. I don't think. Um, but I, I remember he was, he was, he, he could hit threes. Um, uh, Steve Kerr was pretty well known for hitting threes, I believe as well. Um, but, uh, but I mean, Lauren's right. I mean, Steph, Steph Curry has changed the game completely like for all time. And, and so like, he's going to stand heads and shoulders above those guys. I mean, he's still got probably another good two or three years left in him. Um, maybe more if he wants it, uh, depending on how, you know, how his knees, his, his ankles and knees hold up. Um, and you know, God willing, he doesn't get any, uh, get any, get any injuries or anything like that. Like Clay Thompson, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to be head and shoulders above everybody else. And, and, you know, it's deserved. I mean, the man has completely changed the way people prepare for games, the way people, uh, have to defend, uh, the warriors and defend him. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think anybody foresaw, uh, you know, someone's ability to shoot half court shots consistently, like the way he does, uh, as well, you know, to end halves and stuff like that. Like you've got, they, they have to defend him all the way up and down the court because, you know, you just can't trust that he's going to miss after he gets the ball three quarters of the way up the court or a quarter of the way up the court. Um, you just don't miss. You just don't miss. Yeah. That boy don't miss. Even under pressure, he don't miss. That boy, that boy don't, miss. don't miss. It was the it's I'll never forget the 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 saying for me for a long time. And my thought process was when you get to the when you get in the playoffs, three point shooting becomes a different monster. And mm-hmm. teams start missing. Like they can be hot in the regular season, but the playoffs are just a different animal, different defenses. Um, and the teams teams that are hot kind of went cold, but then then Steph and them rolled in there and they just didn't miss and they just still haven't they mm-hmm. haven't stopped missing. You know, like they just they just kept hitting shots and like half court, like AJ was saying, these ridiculous 30, fo- 30 uh, foot or three pointers back to back to back. And they just bury you. All of a sudden you're trading two for threes. The next thing you know, you're down 20. And then mm-hmm. I'm, and then I've never seen a team like the, like this Golden State Warriors team with Steph be down 20 at halftime and then come back in like two minutes. And it's just unreal. It was just unreal watching them play. So yeah, he definitely changed the game. He'll be a first ballot hall of famer for sure. Probably going to win another championship or two here. So we'll see. Shout out to Steph Curry though. I mean, good uh, Facts. good good record to have and hold under his belt now. Um, excited to keep watching him play. Hopefully, as a come on the podcast, players. Steph. Come on, go deep podcast. <laughs> right, hop on here, my man. Uh, <laughs> stick into basketball real quick. I mean, um, you guys want to give like a quick Wizards uh, update? I know, like all I've been all I've been getting on like my notifications and like news is like. Um, one, we're, we're having a really hard time getting anything going. And then uh, there's, like, hella criticism on Dinwiddie right now. Uh, but, I mean, AJ, what do you, how, do you, how are you feeling about this team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's the same same diagnosis as last week. I mean, they're just not hitting shots right now. And, and that starts – I think that starts probably biggest with Bradley Beal, uh, who's having, like, the worst – so far, probably the worst season of his career um, in terms of, like, his ability to pro, uh, to produce offensively, at least, at least since he, you know, sort of – came up in the league and, and became who he is today. You know, um, he's just not hitting shots. I mean, three, I think he's shooting like 25% from the three point line. I mean, that's just, I mean, God dang. Um, uh, and you know, he's, he's shooting, he's shooting better from the floor. Like uh, he can still hit his elbow jumpers or whatever, but he, and it's, it's interesting. Like when you watch the games, he'll cut to the basket, he'll make a brilliant play, the same type of play, uh, plays we're used to seeing from him. Um, and he'll get to the basket, put the layup up and it just dribbles around the rim and, and, and bounces off. Um, there, there's just something going. I think there's just something going on with him. Maybe the Monstars, you know, stole his talent while he was sleeping, uh, and are now storing it in a basketball so they can compete against Looney Tunes in a in a basketball game um, or something. But he's just he just doesn't have it right now, um, and uh, he needs to get it back quick if the Wizards expect him to win any games. Dinwiddie, as for Dinwiddie, I just um, I don't feel that much of the criticism is very fair. Um, as far as far as he's concerned, I mean, yes, you want to see him explode towards the basket more. Uh, you want to see him cutting towards the basket a lot more, um, and and sort of making plays there. Um, but the fact of the matter is, men's coming off an ACL injury, and it, it's just not clear that his that's sustainable for him at, at this at this time. Um, I'll we'll see how we I'll, I'll see how I've, if that changes um, if my thoughts around that change after the All Star break. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's just, you know, the, the Wiz kids just aren't in, sh- in shots at the end of the day. That's all that, that's all it is. Um, I think I said this last week as well. You can talk, talk strategy, all, all sorts of fancy jargon and, 
um, you know, what your basketball coaching philosophy is and all this, this and that. But all of that is just designed to do one thing, and that's produce the ball going through the outcome of the ball going through the basketball hoop. Uh, and that's just that they just don't have that right now. Um, it has been great to see Denny Abdia emerge as a, as a, um, a really, really great defender. Um, he, that has continued. Davis Bertans may have snapped out of his uh, huge slump uh, this past week. We'll see if that, if that is, if his success continues with that. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, if Bradley Beal is not going, is not hitting shots, the Wizards are not winning games. That's just the end of the, that's just all there is to say about that. Looking forward to getting t- uh, Thomas Bryant back, uh, who can stretch the th- floor a little bit from the five position. Um, and obviously looking looking back to getting our, our star, uh, Roy, back um, in the next couple of weeks here. Hope maybe they can provide some sort of a spark when they when they get back in and we can get back in the groove. Um, Lauren, any thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering. Um, I keep I keep noticing that we keep uh, uh, going out of town. The Wizards keep playing away. And, and I, I was trying to do some research and I, I'm wondering how much fatigue has to deal with maybe the scoring and, and the energy. Um, dating back to November, November 24th, they had a four game West, uh, or, um, I call it, I'll call it a middle of the country road trip, you know, Oklahoma city, Dallas, San Antonio, they had four games, two games at home. Then they had a three game road trip on the East coast, one game at home. And now they have a six game road trip where they play the West coast teams, Denver, Sacramento, Phoenix, Utah, and then fly to the East coast and play Brooklyn and New York before we play another home game. So, I mean, I, they're just, I think right now they're just, I think they're tired. Uh, some of it. And they've got to have to find some energy and find some life and get and get and um, getting uh, depth guys back like Roy and um, Thomas Bryant are really going to help. I think that that's hurting. Some of that's hurting our rotation right now. Spencer Dinwiddie missing on back to back nights. We thought Spencer would be more of a I think the reason you're catching so much you're seeing so much slander for Spencer is because we expected him to fit a role like uh, like kind of like John Wall. Right. We'll cut to the rim. Um, you know, like do uh, create more shots, kind of things like that. And so people wanted wanted him to to be the Spencer before his ACL tear. But um, I guess the rule I heard the other day that uh, they wanted him to actually sit the first 15 games back and to see to give him time to test the waters. And they didn't they never did that. So they just seem it, to me it to me it seems like energy wise they just seem flat. It, and and it's like they're standing and watching the ball. Um, they're like and AJ said too. There's just like this weird little like. Um, uh, something like the lid shut on the basket for us. Like we like balls are just hit, look open shots. We make the right passes, the right reads, and they're just rolling around the rim and falling out, rolling around the rim, falling out. You know, and um, uh, <laughs> KCP uh, uh is gonna end up on Shaq and a fool for it. I've never seen any a uh, uh, person go for a dunk and hit it, hit to get blocked by the backboard. So you know that doesn't help. Yeah, you know that turn funny. of that turn of luck. But uh, you know I think. I am a big proponent, especially in the NBA, of the All-Star break. I need to judge where we're at going into the All-Star break and what we look like at the All-Star break. And then after that, I'll get real start. I'll start clamping down a little bit more and be like, OK, this is a problem. And it needs to be fixed. But the writing on the wall right now isn't isn't pretty. Um, so I'm hoping we can scratch out. Like I said, we've got Sacramento tomorrow night. And then we have a, a back-to-back, and then we play Phoenix. So, again, we got another back-to-back. We got a, a six-game road trip and a, and a back-to-back in the middle of it. So against the Phoenix Suns, who are one of the best teams so in, 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 in basketball, and Brooklyn, uh, again, one of the better teams in basketball. So we'll see what kind of energy we have at the end of this road trip here, and we'll see how we finish. But I think that's uh, that will be something to watch going forward. Yeah, hopefully yeah, we can something, get something also to add soon. is – yeah, I was just gonna Go say uh, we we didn't mention that Kyle Kuzma is out on uh, he's he was he had a pro- positive COVID test so uh, he's been out for uh, for the past couple of games and that's that's kind of big for the Wizards right now because 
the guy that we've been able to depend on hitting threes late in games, especially in the fourth quarter, is Kyle. Uh, so to ha- so it hurts the team to it hurts the team pretty immensely to to be missing him. One guy who's been hitting shots is him. I'll say that he's been able to hit some threes, and which is what we needed. Our three point shooting is abysmal. So, but yeah, that that, that closing argument. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be good to get him back, but because he like even at the game that we went to, he seemed like the only one that was generating any form of offense. So <laughs> it'll definitely be good to get him back. But um, Rui, I, is is he still like he's still just working his way into the lineup? Is that what they're doing with him? Um, yeah, so they um, they're they're trying to the from what I've heard with Wes is they keep trying to ramp him up. So you do three on three, and then do four on four, and then do full, and then do five on five. Um, so we'll see. You know, I, I I don't know what it is at this point. Um, you know, just the game getting back. He's been with the team for a while now, so I guess they're just taking it slow and working him back in, making sure they don't rush him back too soon. Yeah, and another way this COVID thing is affecting things as well is he did not. He was supposed to originally travel with the team on this road trip so that he could get practices in with the with the with the with the whole team. He's been practicing and playing with the GoGo, the uh, the G League team for um, the past couple of weeks. Uh, and because of the COVID outbreak, uh, they made the decision to leave him in D.C. Uh, because, you know, he wouldn't have been able to practice with the team anyway if, if everyone was getting shut down for COVID. So um, so I think he's probably just not – I don't – they haven't been specific about why he's not in the lineup yet. My guess would be that he is he's completely out of shape um, and so he can't run with the team. <laughs> that's, that's, fair. That's, that's what my guess would be because I don't think anything else quite makes sense at this point. It's not like – He's he's not a moron. He knows how and he knows how to play basketball. So I don't. I, right. I I would guess that that's why he's not out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting for the NBA to you know for NBA players uh, at this stage, like you know they have the All Star break and all that. So there'll be time hopefully for a lot of these guys to get some rest and heal up or whatever. Um, but speaking of injuries and all that, um, I'm, I want to transition real quick back to the NFL. Looking looking towards uh. Week 15, that's coming up uh, this week. Uh, a lot of fantasy football implications. I think a lot of fantasy football leagues start playoffs around this time. Um, and then, you know, you got teams on the hunt like Washington and, and like the Chargers and the Raiders still kind of in the hunt. Um, so just a quick roundup. Uh, at last night, James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins both both were injured in the game. Uh, both are going to go undergo MRIs for those injuries. Um, Hopkins is like a leg injury they didn't disclose. Conner's has got an ankle injury. Uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. I think AJ, you said he was quite like he practiced, like he's leaning towards playing. I think. No, no, no. It's so he. They initially thought it was going to be something pretty serious, but it turned out it was just like a high ankle sprain. Um, so okay. he may be. He'll probably be back starting um this week, but it's not. I don't think that's been confirmed yet. So. Okay. Um, I know the Browns. Like, so the Browns are missing. Uh, due to COVID, Landry, uh, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, both starting offensive players, offensive linemen, uh, Drew Forbes, Wyatt Teller, and Jedrick Wills. So that's like three-fifths of their whole offensive line, um, all out to COVID. Uh, I know the Chiefs are losing Chris Jones this week to COVID. Uh, the Raiders, um, defensive end Max Crosby is going to be injured. or he's He's on the injury report. He was limited today, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, the Chargers, like, budding left tackle Rashawn Slater um, is out to COVID uh, as of today. But they do get Keenan Allen back, which is must be nice. Um, 
let's see, Odell Beckham's out, going to be out this week, or he's on the COVID list. So it's, I mean, we're still waiting to see if he can make it back in time, but he's on the COVID list as our Tyler Higby. Um, or no, Tyler Higby just con- just came back. So if you have Tyler Higby on your fantasy team, go ahead and start him. Uh, the Patriots added Mac Jones to the injury report with a thumb injury. Uh, I honestly think that's just the like Bill Belichick doing Bill Belichick things um, and playing with with his opponents' minds. Um, and Washington, like you said, placed Kendall Fuller and Tim Settle on the COVID list today. Um, but you guys get Daryl Roberts back, so I don't know if that makes you feel any better. Um, and Giovanni Bernard is on injured reserve for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Doesn't matter anyways because they got playoff Lenny. So uh, that is your fantasy football injury roundup for the day. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> um, anything you guys want to add about that? All right, excellent. Uh, I think this is a good time to kind of uplift some of our spirits and have a good roast sesh for none other than your failure of a coach down in Duval, Urban Meyer. When he's not busy grabbing ass, he's out here kissing ass on his team in press conferences because apparently he's a shit head coach in the locker room. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm gonna let Lauren go off on a bit of a tangent here because I know Lauren has some strong feelings about this to start. Um, <laughs> you've been calling it from the jump. You've been saying that he's uh, he's cooked. Lauren, what, what have you been hearing this week, man? Yeah, so apparently he uh, had an, an entire meeting where he called his coaching staff in and called them all losers and said that they have failed at winning at anything in their life and told them and that they all losers and they suck and pulled up their resume and said, defend your resume and tell me how you're a winner <laughs> in front of uh, everyone. Um, he also apparently got into a huge argument with what Marvin, wide receiver Marvin Jones for whatever reason. Uh, well, not for whatever reason. We could probably tell. He probably called Marvin Jones a loser and asked him to defend his resume. Um, so, you know, uh, he gave that handshake at the end of the game. Who'd they play? Uh, whatever team, oh, whose head coach was that? The Titans, when they got beat by the Titans, oh, and he just looked boy. like a walking zombie. Like, he just looked zoned out. I've been calling him getting fired here for the entire season, ever since he got caught um, grabbing ass at the bar with that his, that he owns. Um, yeah, no, I think he's I think he's about to – I think he's going to get the boot. The The – the rumor mill is though Shad Khan, I think, believe that's the owner of the Jaguars. He apparently likes to stick with head coaches no matter what. So like, he just the rumor mill is he might just stick with Urban just because. But it's clear Urban has done a great job of doing the best he can to like ruin that team. So I don't know how they've won any games this year. Honestly, I, 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 I it doesn't. From whether everything I've heard, I, I would have quit on this dude a long time. I would have, I would have asked for a trade because it sounds like this sounds awful. Uh. The um, he, he still got that college mindset, in my personal opinion, where in college he was a walking god and the players hated him. Uh, or in college you are a god, and, and the, and, but the players hate you. You can be as big of a jerk as you want and call people losers because you own you do everything. And uh, the players know they need you to get to the next level. And so, like, I've heard some players, like, ask to be traded or, like, not go to the sign with the Jaguars because they're like, I already pl- I, I had to play for him in college. I did that once. I'm not doing that ever again. So, you know, like they don't, they, you know, what is it? The, um, he apologized to certain like groups of people after the bar incident. And then they all, the reports are that they all laughed at him the minute he left the room. Like they all just busted out laughing about it. You know, it's just, he doesn't fit the college, the college world at all in my personal opinion. And I think he's going to, I think he needs to go. I think what he needs to do is keep his head down low, try to get to the end of the season and then just be like, we mutually parted ways and uh, call it good. 
uh, and just not get his, you know, in the NFL, they're famous for paying the coaches out once they get fired, but like just sign some, like get through some deal where he doesn't get paid, pay, doesn't get paid out and goes and signs somewhere else. Cause you can go to be a college head coach anywhere at the drop of a hat and get paid, like get paid the same money he's making now. So, um, yeah, I, I think he'll, I think he's, I think he needs to go. I'm, I'm, I'm done with him. I'm done with all of it. What do you think, AJ? I think this is one of the greatest, uh, most hilarious, uh, like happenings of all time. Uh, I just love uh, seeing like rich jerks like just eat shit. Like it just, it's so much fun to watch and, him and be exposed. so miserable. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for the players who have to like have to put up with it, but like, I just love seeing how miserable he is. It just, it makes me feel so good. Like it's like. It's like walking outside. It's like I'm a I'm a plant and I'm just like absorbing the Schadenfreude all the way from Jacksonville. Just like, oh yes, Irvin. My man AJ over look- here building a spirit bomb with his <laughs> with his hate for with his hate for Urban Meyer. Just gathering it's energy. Just wonderful. It's so great to see. I mean, my favorite like when he went out to shit like Mike Mike Rabel uh coached underneath of uh of of urban meyer uh back when he was in college still and the way that urban meyer like just walked up to him like stone-faced didn't say a word like shook shook his hand for like negative five seconds and just continued on you could just tell he felt how humiliated he felt that this this kid that he had that he had coached how like taught how to coach had just owned him like publicly in front of everybody uh like and then on top of that his little like Marie Antoinette tantrum earlier in the week calling the like rest of his assistant coaches losers and crap it's like dude you hired these people what are you asking to see their resumes for like like it's like why would you why (laughs) it's like yeah I built this house it's a really crappy house like I hate it it's terrible it's like dude like it's that's your fault if that's if it's true it's your fault dude you're the one who did that and it's like I don't I don't know how much like I don't know the like the depths to which he will sink before he is finally put out of his misery, but I hope he goes lower. Let's here's hoping somebody pants him like during a press conference. Uh, here's hoping that like he trips and falls down the stairs, uh, and like gets a black eye or something like in a comical uh, fashion around like around the, around one of his eyes. Uh, here's one of hoping his players like, trucks him on the sideline. Yeah, like, like just more humiliating crap. Like I like hope maybe a reporter will like spritz him with water or something like that. Like <laughs> like something out of the Looney Tunes. Uh, like any of that would be would be just just the best. I I, I would just you love to see that. Uh, so and and all oh, the other thing that Irvin did. Uh, so they so <laughs> the media was asking him like why this particular a, a particular defensive player. Uh, hadn't yep, like didn't seem to be this. getting any snaps, and he goes, he just completely disinterested goes, uh, you know, I don't really have the numbers in front of me, but uh, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're 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 ramping him up. He's he's playing more and more. It turns out that player had like literally did not play any snaps. So you can just tell he's like he's like on autopilot at this point. Like he's just like, but the thing is, you have to get through these next like five or six games, right, and just endure painful and utter humiliation and shame. Uh, from literally everywhere, everyone hates you. Everyone thinks you're dumb, and uh, I, I, I'm here. Frankly, frankly, I'm here for it. This is this is excellent entertainment. Um, it would be even better, honestly, if Shad doesn't fire him. Like it would just be nice 
to like have to watch this happen year after year after year just like one long uh like one long painful humiliation just i mean this is this is like we're talking like imagine every day you wake up and like all of the kids in your class are laughing at you and when you're in high school or whatever because you like i don't know have toilet paper on your shoe but like times a thousand like it's just it's wonderful it, I, you love to see it you love to see it what what really sent this home for me right was early in the season when he made that quote and this was still when he was a little bright eyed as a head coach he was like yeah it's like preparing for alabama every week boy did that age poorly <laughs> <laughs> like, like my guy <laughs> like like i get it right planning for nick saban in alabama is one thing <laughs> but he compared like who did he play against he's playing against McDer- uh the bills he, who, i mean who he beat who he beat but like the rams whooped you for 30 points 37 to 7 uh you lost to the falcons my guy to the falcons in london i mean <laughs> it's not even close uh, the seahawks whooped him with geno smith under center i think <laughs> alabama that's that that was his that was his that was his marker he's like this is just alabama no big deal proceeds to get shitted on and it's hilarious <laughs> it, it's super funny uh i'm i'm waiting for it. so going back to that tweet that you mentioned about the media asking about that player like one of the comments that Lauren shared underneath that was the one where it's like, someone please pull up a fake name and ask him about this player. And I'm <laughs> praying. I'm absolutely like, I'm manifesting this. I put it on my dream board. Like I'm doing everything in hopes that one of these reporters is so fed up with the state of the team that they go. Yeah. So uh, how, how's, uh, how's, Hans Jackoff playing this week. Uh, any any word on his situation? I'm just hoping Myers is like so fed up after getting crushed like 55 to three. He's like, yeah, uh, Jackoff is. Uh, you know, we expect him to play really well for us next year, <laughs> or something stupid like that. Like, I just really hope they that should, someone does it. They should do a huh? key and peel name. They should they should be like they should be like yeah. One of the players that the the fans are clamoring to see more of is Ozimataz Buckshank. Is he? Uh, you know, how come he hasn't seen more of the field? <laughs> <laughs> what if someone just asked him like dolphin dolphin noises and like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someone will go like full on George Bush on him and throw a shoe at him. I don't know. Oh yeah, that would be great. Oh, that would be I wonderful. Yeah, I don't know. As a Jets fan, it's like it's hilarious to me to watch this whole disintegration happen and like implosion in Jacksonville because the story all offseason was Trevor Lawrence should absolutely refuse to come to the Jets. If he gets drafted, he should pull an Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and demand a trade. Laze blah, yada yada yada. I'm not like I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is in a prime position, but he's not in Duval. <laughs> so that's for <laughs> fucking sure. Um, so I am abs- I'm with AJ. I am relishing this. I'm loving every second of it. I am manifesting for more fun times. We may at some point just dedicate a full 30 hour block here to just going on Urban Myers. I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll, man. We'll he makes out. it so easy. He does. Maybe if he wasn't out there grabbing ass, he'd be get grabbing dubs, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, any gentleman like to add anything else to this Urban Meyer debacle? No. 
Perfect. Uh, speaking of underwhelming rich jerks, Baker Mayfield, our modern era John Kitna with a little bit more athleticism, um, came under fire this week because Odell Beckham is absolutely tearing it up. He's played three weeks in Los Angeles, has like three touchdowns. Um, he is balling. Matthew Stafford is feeding my man. Uh, someone said that Baker Mayfield should be put into witness protection because people are mad at him for holding out Odell Beckham from the end zone and keeping keeping all his amazing touchdown celebrations away from us. Um, <laughs> did you guys see, I, Lauren? You should you you blessed me with the. <laughs> With the video for the celebration, my guy. Can you explain that? To oh me? yeah, the uh, I think it's the security guard, right? That famous security guard going around right now, where he takes the gun and he he takes disarms the man, and so that's essentially what Odell Odell did. He uh, had another wide receiver hold the ball and he disarmed him, and then like waved his finger at the camera, like no, 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 you don't do that to me or something like that. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's the TikTok trend because it's the guy like who in these like self defense videos and all his tactics are well not not all all right I'll say this as someone who like has some experience in this stuff not everything he says is completely wrong but like you could tell by the way he demonstrates it that it, like it, if you tried this you would just die immediately and and, uh, and so like that's that's what that's what the guy's famous for is for that great now Lauren what. Are you are you convinced that uh, I'm I'm asking you first because I know I know AJ's stance on this. He's been pretty fervent about this when we had talks about Baker Mayfield uh, outside of the. You mean pod. Frodo? You mean Frodo Baggins? Boy, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Share the load. <laughs> uh, so before I let AJ rip this man to shreds, I mean, what is, what is your opinion on this whole situation? Do you think Baker held Odell back? Do you think Odell was just like? Not a good fit. I mean, where, where's I have my my personal opinion is I think I I, I still kind of like Baker. I think he's above average. I don't think he's special, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I think it's a mix of um, Baker not being like you said, being not being a uh, being uh, not uh, like right at average. Uh, it's a mix of just uh, maybe play call or play design. We don't really know what happened in that locker room, but we could tell something wasn't right and something was off. Um, and so I think it's a mix of like how he fits in the offense, you know, the, um, uh, with you, when you get an upgrade of Matt Stafford over Baker Mayfield, you know, I feel like you're going to, you're going to catch a lot more touchdown passes. And especially in that high potent offense with Sean McVay, they're going to use a weapon like Odell and play Odell to his strengths. I feel like Cleveland just didn't, didn't ever do that. Um, they tried to run the ball more and, uh, they tried to, you know, they tried to be a run first more team and run off play action. And so I think that, uh, uh, Baker, Baker missed him. Don't get me wrong. There's that video out there. His dad posted. You know, he that Baker definitely missed him, and that definitely did didn't help his his career at all. So I think it's kind of a mix of the two. And I honestly just think the upgrade in L.A. was like you knew it was coming. You knew once he went to L.A., you're like, okay, he's going to go on a tear. It might going to take a little bit of time. Like he's got to adjust, get used to the offense. But um, I knew with that upgrade at Matt Stafford, he was going to start slinging in touchdown passes. It was like almost to me. It was almost like when. Um, Tampa Bay added like Antonio Brown to their roster, right? You've already got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and then you throw OBJ in the mix, and it just adds even more of a lethal, lethal weapon. So it's uh, he'll be he'll be fun to watch come playoff time, um, and if he stays healthy, as long as he stays healthy, you know, and things like that, I think it'll be interesting when the playoffs hit. He'll keep. I, I bet you he keeps this this going of catching touchdown passes throughout the year. But go ahead, AJ, go on your rant. Yeah, tell yeah, me no, your I opinion. Mean, 
I, I no, my my rant. I I did one last week. I'm not going to repeat myself too much. I just think uh, his pre-snap process is garbage. He can't read a defense, uh, and he he uses uh, and because of that, his coaches use uh, the play action pass as a crutch. Uh, so when you know if, if the Browns have to play from behind, uh, or their running backs get hurt with catastrophic injuries or something like that, and they can't finish the game, then he can't he he just can't do it. He's not he's not a smart quarterback. He's not good at it, um, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he's I don't think he's total garbage. He's got a good arm. He's got he's gritty, um, and uh, you know he's he's real tough. Um, you know, and I think that earns the respect of his teammates for sure. But fact of the matter is, he can't throw the ball, or he can't he can throw the ball, but he can't read any he can't read defenses um to save his life and he misses he misses open receivers all the time because his process is so bad it's just he just he just can't he can't read things it's, he's not good at it um so i mean I, I i just i i put him in the bottom 20 i put him between 20 and 25 in in terms of quarterbacks he's better than than say you know if you're if you're throwing geno smith or mike white into the game he's better than them probably but like He's not, uh, you know, he's just not a guy that's going to, you can't put the game on his shoulders and expect him to win. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to be Russell Wilson. Uh, he's never going to be, uh, and I don't think he's, frankly, I don't think he's better than Taylor Heineke. Uh, I just don't. And he's he's got way more experience in the I league at this that. point. He should be. I could see that. I think, I, 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 I feel like Baker Mayfield is a prime example of probably an average quarterback in a pro-happy, like a pass-happy league probably. Like not as athletic as Heineke, doesn't make as explosive plays, um, but def I I I definitely do think um, I I don't think the offensive scheme in Cleveland like Lauren highlighted and like you highlighted like the run heavy side of it I don't think any of that played to OBJ's uh, strengths. Um, so it's exciting to see him, see OBJ in LA tearing it up. Um, I know I know Lauren's happy because. His Rams get that new weapon. They balled out last night. Um, Shout so. out to us for calling that. <laughs> you, you and me, Eric. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, it was a close game, though, so I got to give AJ credit for, for trusting my cards. They're, they're, yeah, that's true. It was um, good. It was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah. Um, quick shout out to, uh, you know, speaking of good games and all that, shout out to Deion Sanders. Uh, legendary cornerback that played in the NFL. He played for the Falcons and for the Cowboys, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, now a head coach over at Jackson State where he's coaching his son who plays quarterback there. I just he, found this out. He played for Washington too. Did he – Dion played for Washington? How long? How did I not know this? It was like, it was like just a season or a two. A year, 2000. In 2000, mm-hmm. I think the year 2000. Uh, we paid him We paid him like a bunch of money, and then he was like, I'm done. And we still owed him money afterwards because of like uh, the contract. Dan Snyder signed him too or something like that. So, yeah, he played course. for about a year. Of course he did. <laughs> of course Dan Snyder was like, big name, even though he's on the twilight of his career. Let me pay him big money. Yeah, I think that's what it was. He paid him a bunch of money, and then he retired. <laughs> he played a year and was like, no, nah, I'm gone. <laughs> that sounds on brand. Um, yeah, my man's uh, – my man's uh, – you know he uh he he led he led Jackson State to a championship. His son played quarterback, um, so we just want to give him some love. Come on the podcast, Dion. We'd love to have prime time here. Um, AJ, I'm gonna let you spearhead this because you were reading the article and you're gonna be far more knowledgeable of the situation. But we did get like some pretty interesting news coming out on the updates into the whole uh, Dan Snyder investigation probe for sexual harassment. 
and uh, a hostile workplace. Um, do you mind filling us in on a little bit on that? Yeah, so a new new report came out in the Washington Post, which has been following the story uh, and, well, has been basically uh, doing some really, really great journalism um, to uncover this stuff. Um, but yeah, they've been on it. The real story here is that, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a small update. We, we all know sort of listeners will remember um, that we've, you know, we here at the Go Deep podcast have been following the, the salacious story about Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team culture. Um, as it seeks to sort of rebrand itself um, following uh, accusations of sexual harassment um, and, um, you know, a a sexually uh, a a bad workplace uh, environment for for women, a misogynistic workplace environment. Um, uh, You may recall as part of that reporting, there was there were um, uncovered. There was a settlement back in 2009 um, regarding uh, some sort of some sort of allegation that we don't we don't quite know what it was. Um, because the records are currently sealed from public view. Uh, but it appears it to be some sort of settlement um, around an incident that Daniel Snyder had with a female employee uh, while on his private plane flying back from an event, I believe, in Las Vegas. Um, now, that happened back in 2009. Um, fast forward to today, when all the a- allegations come out about um, the hostile work environment and everything like that, um, Daniel Snyder pledges to cooperate uh, fully with any sort of investigation into into this, these practices at the Washington football team uh, with the Washington football team. Um, and lo and behold, it turns out he was just lying about that the whole time uh, because his little lawyer minions are going around um, and trying to prevent the victim of that 2009 incident from uh, speaking to the NFL investigator uh, at the time. Uh, you know, through various legal wranglings, including firing, filing a lawsuit, which was withdrawn like three days later. Um, it's really funny because the lawsuit was filed not by Snyder himself, but by the, the team's former GM, uh, or sorry, not GM, the team's former uh, chief uh, legal officer. And, uh, you know, you can kind of tell, you can kind of see what's going on here if you read between the lines, right? It's like, uh, this guy is trying to prevent the details of the settlement from coming out. And he's like, that's going to damage my reputation, blah, blah, blah. But it's not really his reputation he's trying to protect. He's trying to keep the stuff from coming out because it's going to damage Snyder's reputation. Um, obviously, or at least that's what it appears. That's what appears to be happening. And in addition to that, um, there's also reports of uh, Snyder sending uh, uh, private investigators um, and his legal team to call, uh, make uninvited visits uh, to people's houses, the the houses um, of um, relatives or close uh, close friends of the people who are accusing him of creating the hostile work environment as well. Um, so, you know, just want to keep this on your radar. Daniel Snyder is a really bad person. Obviously, uh, this is really disgusting, and he should be forced to sell the team. We all hate him. Um, but in addition to that, um, I, it, it just adds a couple more grains of sand into the – if you imagine this as a, a scale, right, of how, how, how much of a liability can Snyder be to the NFL before they get rid of him, it adds a little bit more sand to that side of the scale. Uh, you know, adds a little bit more weight to it. Um, who knows when the tipping point is going to come um if it or if it comes at all uh because there's no telling apparently there's no telling what level of depravity these uh nfl executives are willing to endure uh you know on behalf of one of the one of their owners in their little club um but uh, at, at a certain point you have to think that this guy's going to become too much of a liability for the league and they'll, they'll figure out a way to get rid of him or at least publish the report uh you know that was made or the, the investigation that was um 
that was uh, conducted uh, about the Washington football team's um, work environment practices and all that stuff. Um, you know, some level of, en- of transparency and, and accountability uh, to that, you know, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, just, just a slight development, something to keep, keep your, keep on the radar. Uh, you know, the meter for Snyder's being removed uh, just, just went up slightly. I'm still, I'm still curious to see like, because at some point I, I even know like, congressman or someone were like asking for like what's up with the investigation right and it's like we haven't heard anything since um so i i genuinely feel like at this point with everything that's still trickling out um i feel like like i I feel like the heat needs to be cranked up honestly like just not enough is being done but hopefully hopefully like in the next few weeks as the season winds down especially if you guys like if, if washington gets kicked out of the playoffs like hopefully that kicks up um because knowing knowing the nfl they're going to want to try and like sweep that under the rug or whatever until it's convenient right because that's what they do other than john gruden someone had a vendetta against him but um i don't know who he pissed off but i don't know it's an owner so it's always going to be a little bit different of course because nfl is just super fucked up that way but uh lauren do you have anything you want to any any other closing thoughts that you want to add to the sitch here no, I think that's uh, – uh, well, the last funny closing thought is that he um, – Bruce Allen, who he fired, there's a whole section in the article where he uh, – oh Bruce, he didn't get a text from Bruce Allen saying congratulations on the hire to Ron Rivera. So he went to his lawyers and said <laughs> – he said, I'm not going to pay you your money. And so <laughs> Bruce know. Allen, of course, lawyered up and was like, what the, what the hell? This contract like says you're going to pay me your money. He's like, you, it's seven months later. He had to, Bruce Allen had to send a text to Dan and say, congratulations on your hire. And Dan said, okay, I'll pay you money. Now. Suck my dick, bro. How petty is that? Like what? That's not even petty. That's not even on a scale of petty. That's just, that's being a prick. Like what in the world? What kind of, no, anyway. he's, he's, a, he's a horrible human being. Petty liberal. Petty mayonnaise. Yeah, Lauren, exactly. Lauren, you so, never congratulated me on my war zone dub five, five weeks ago. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. See, now I, yeah, I now posted on my Snapchat. You, you, you didn't congratulate me. So I'm, I'm taking you to court. <laughs> this is a kangaroo court. <laughs> oh man. Oh, my dude, dude, yeah, when, dude you, how... when you sent me that tweet, I lost my, I lost my damn mind. It's yeah. <laughs> like, who does this? This is like a grown ass 50 year old man. He was mad. Cause he didn't care. a guy he fired. And they had a horrible relationship with didn't text him congratulations when they hired. I think the one of the funniest things that like we've learned <laughs> since the since like we've all had what we're forced to endure Donald Trump for the past couple of years is that like these billionaires are like they're like fifteen year old schoolgirls. Like it's like gossip girls out here with these guys. Like you didn't send me a how how like catty is that? You didn't send me a congratulations text, so now I'm gonna like make this like make my minions like you better you better lawyer up you yeah, better lawyer up i tell you what you didn't send me congratulations you better get your lawyers that's it's, ridiculous it's, bro it's the equivalent of to me it's the equivalent of like all these dudes at like a like a prep private school or whatever in the cafeteria is like you didn't you didn't save me your pudding we had an agreement like you you said you'd always give me your pudding man <laughs> so i'm taking your pizza rolls today <laughs> <laughs> like dude <laughs> get out of here fucking pudding my guy he's tripping over pudding yeah he's tripping over pudding whatever <laughs> fuck that guy keeping it local though uh someone i'm actually sad to see go to a certain extent uh mark turgeon who was the head coach for the maryland's uh men's basketball team uh was was fired 
pretty i think like last week or something mm-hmm. um uh aj i think i think you also are you've been following this story yeah i've been following the story as a I, I don't really follow college sports that closely but as a as a terp uh as an alumnus myself uh i do try to keep tabs on the basketball team especially because they do win quite a bit occasionally um but uh yeah, head coach, head coach of the um, Maryland Terrapins uh, basketball team, Mark Turgeon, was fired last week. Uh, it comes as a bit of a shock because it happened in, in the middle of the season. Um, normally, you would expect uh, at least to get through the season so that the next coach can kind of install his his process and everything and get his recruits going and all that. Um, Turgeon is a is a great is a nice guy. Um, he's well liked around campus and everything like that. Uh, you know, you know personally, uh, but the fact of the matter and and it's interesting to see because there's been this like narrative that's developed uh in the sports media that um amongst uh, especially amongst some of the other coaches um and dick vital bizarrely uh that um you know the fans were just so displeased with with mark turgeon and that's why he he felt so bad that he had to quit in the middle of the season um i think that narrative is probably a little bit overblown um the fact of the matter is maryland uh sort of sees itself as a um uh maryland sort of sees itself as a uh, you know, especially for basketball, we won a championship back in 2003, a national championship back in 2003. So it's, it sees itself as a, you know, somebody that should be, should have one of those like legacy programs. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is Mark Turgeon just wasn't winning very much. Uh, I think we made one sweet 16 during his tenure here. Um, and, and that's it. Whoa. You know, so that's, and that's, you know, you're just not winning enough. That's all. Um, at the end of the day, you know, and yes, the fans were, I, I mean, I myself, uh, was pleasantly surprised when they when he when he got kicked when you know when he got the boot. Um, because the fact of the matter is the program just hasn't been that exciting um, right. to watch to keep up with for the past couple of years. Um, you know nothing to say against the man as a you know as a guy. You know he, he's he's nice he's nice enough he's he's not a jerk he's not a huge jerk like some of these other coaches can be. Um, but he just wasn't getting the results done. Um, and so he's out. Um. And uh, Maryland's going to try and seek to soldier on here and, and, you know, they'll move on and hopefully we can, um, uh, you know, build a better program going forward. Nice. Yeah, I don't know much. I know a little bit. The year the, the year COVID uh, came down, uh, I guess, a year or two ago now, uh, was probably the best team he built um, and was going to be one of the better teams and make a decent run. And then the whole season got canceled. Uh, yeah, so the, my memory of it all is that I knew from O2 championship team that uh, that they uh, that they were like Maryland was known for winning. They had a winning culture with that coach Gary Williams, I believe, right? I believe that's who it was. Yeah, and uh, he they had this winning, and they were like a good team. So I started trying to pay attention a little bit more under Mark, and they just never really, you know, never really met that gold standard. You know, you win one in O2, you think you know you guys are going to be back or going to make a you know an Elite Eight appearance, a Final Four, and you know. He just kind of he always got bounced early or just had disappointing seasons. So it was it was um, the release was very much a turn of the neck, right? Like a quick jerk to the left. Like no one saw it coming. It was just kind of a smack in the face. So, I mean, it was it. Um, I was gonna say in closing, yeah, he uh, it uh, it was just kind of interesting. But at the same time, like AJ said, it's kind of they, the team needed a breath of fresh air. I think it was about time. So I hopefully it pans out. Maryland can go back on top, and it would be fun to watch Maryland basketball in the during March Madness. From what I've seen, like early on, it's like still hella early in the college basketball season. But Maryland seems pretty decent still. I mean, they from this was like two weeks ago that I saw them play. They were they were even ranked at one point or something like that. Early, I mean, it's early, but they seem competent. Um, I can also confirm that Mark uh, that Turgeon is 
he's a he's a nice enough guy. I served him at Uncle Julio's once in Bethesda. Um, he came in with his assistant coach and all that. And uh, yeah, he's not a jerk. So uh, server stamp of approval. <laughs> so that, if that tells you anything, um, sticking does. to college, <laughs> it does right. <laughs> how you treat your servers, I I shit you not. How you treat your servers really tells us a lot about who you are as a person, man. Facts. Um, so, but sticking with college uh, college sports. Um, Lauren, you blew my mind with a rumor that is going around. Uh, go ahead and, and blow the lid on that here on the podcast for us. Yeah. So as everyone knows, um, I'm a Oklahoma fan and Lincoln Riley all of a sudden up and just left, uh, out of blue, out of the blue, um, and left us all standing around like the, um, John Travolta gif in Pulp Fiction, just wondering what the world's going on, uh, <laughs> you know, just lost. And why oh, did he do this? So one of the confusing things for me was why wasn't – so Spencer Rattler was beginning of this year was projected to win the Heisman, be a Heisman candidate, um, also to be an all-pro – I mean, an all-team, all-American kind of guy. Um, and he's – because he's got the talent and he's, he should be able to do it. Um, it didn't pan out this year for him. And then so so Caleb Williams came in. Um, Caleb Williams is a local D.C. guy. I grew up um, uh, in the area. You know, he started balling out, winning games for him, looked a lot better. When, when Lincoln left, so there's that little confusion. I'll touch on that in a minute. But when Lincoln left, the bigger problem with me was why didn't Spencer go with them or Caleb talk about transferring with them as well? Well, it turns out he had been – Lincoln had been talking to USC since before the season started and kind of had – and then kind of during the season was kind of like not really working with Spencer or Caleb, like kind of like helping them or teaching them, I guess, as a college coach would, like kind of like not necessarily holding their hand but like being there for them more and like being – like he had already kind of like checked out. And so people people kind of equate that to Spencer fluttering. Like Spencer was like, "Yo, help!" And he was just like, "Nah." So you know, like then and then he just left. And then none of the and so the big the big thing for me what kind of solidifies is that none of them, no players want to go play with them from Oklahoma right now. Um, a few a few have transferred over there, but like the quarterbacks didn't leave, and the quarterbacks the Caleb Williams is one of the was one of the best quarterbacks coming out of his class, if not the best. I think he was number one ranked number one coming out high school recruit. Spencer Rattler was as well. So it's like why don't these talented players want to go follow Lincoln if he's such a great head coach and like loved him well? The now that's all leaking out that he had been kind of ignoring them and not working with them as well and like kind of just kind of been hesitant to work with them and which I don't really understand how that dynamic works as a head coach right with your quarterback but I guess there's enough of a sort of a distance there between them that they 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 weren't going to go with them and follow them over to USC so yeah the 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 it's all coming out kind of now he'd been in talks with USC for a while and been been waiting to go and this was going to kind of be his big move and try to to and, and head out to the uh, West Coast. Lauren, do you see any any like ramifications if if this is true? No, probably not. Um, you know, if there are, it's a they they're 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 um, they're uh, they're uh, that's like I said earlier about Urban. They're college coaches. They're like the they can do whatever they want, and they they get paid. They get paid. You know, these schools are uh, uh, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. They've got money. If there's any, if the NCAA tries to do anything, they'll, it'll, worst case scenario, it'll be a slap on the wrist. And that, and if they can prove anything, right? Like so far, from what I understand, these are still just rumors, like kind of leaks coming out of the, the ship that's falling, that's now sinking. So the good news is we hired Brett Venerables. Um, I'm, or, uh, I'm pretty sure that's who his, what his name was. For some reason, I feel like maybe I just named the Titans head coach. Uh, um, but we hired the offensive coordinator from Clemson um, who had been here in uh, Oklahoma. He was our defensive coordinator when we won the championship in 2002. 
Um, and so everybody's pumped about it. The players all love him. They brought back all the champ national championship players to help congratulate him. And he's helped stop the sinking of, uh, of recruits leaving. Cause that was the big thing. A bunch of recruits kept transferring out. So today we signed a four-star recruit. We had, a, we flipped a guy from Texas to Oklahoma, a big time of like a four or five star DN. So, um, the good news, the other good thing too, is he's coming from Clemson. Um, and Clemson didn't do, do as well this year as other, uh, as in years past, but they still have talent and they still have talent on their roster. Who knows who he can bring, bring with him as well or get transferred over to us. So it'll, uh, it'll be interesting and we'll see how it all shakes out, but we'll be okay. I kind of, I kind of hope that like, if it ends up being true, that NCAA goes USC, you have to pay this like $10,000 fine. And give Reggie Bush back his Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Free that man's Heisman, man. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Hashtag free He deserved it, man. He, he, was, he was lights out that year. He was so good. Oh, he was. Absolutely yeah. was. So I still watch, watch his highlights yeah. like, to this day. He yeah. was one of the most electric running backs I've ever seen in my life. Facts. I mean, the, that USC-Texas game is one of my favorite games to rewatch. Uh, anytime it's on or they're doing like a documentary of it, watching it's so much fun with uh, Vince Young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was a great year. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Well, speaking of awesome, uh, week fifteen of the NFL is probably not going to be that awesome for us, honestly. Um, but we're going to talk about it anyways. <laughs> so looking ahead towards the week, uh, I'm going to cut. I'm going to. I'll kick us off with Washington football team uh, playing the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, a Washington team that is. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but y'all are heavily crippled right now. Uh, you guys cannot catch a break. Um, just because of the amount of people that you don't have available to play for you, I, I, I got to go with Philly here. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty ugly game. Uh, it's, do, you, uh, do you, either of you know if, like, is Heineke trending up? Because I know he, he, he exited the game uh, with an injury. Um, so I don't I don't know what the word yeah, is. Yeah, he Ron said in his uh Ron does a does a uh radio goes on the radio show I listen to every morning. He said that he's probably gonna go gonna be good to go by um by Sunday. The injury shouldn't hold him out. And I don't think he got listed on the injury report today mm-hmm. as well. Um so I think he's he's probably gonna be okay to play. Um but you know, who knows how healthy that really is, right? So he didn't get listed today, but uh we'll see we'll see as the week progresses. It's only Tuesday. So McLaurin went out in the game too, if I'm not mistaken, with an injury. Yeah, um, he's in concussion protocol, from okay. what I understand. So that's just how, from what I understand, with concussions and players, it's how just however they respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, certain players respond to concussions differently than other ones. They can recover within a day or two, and some are out for you know ten days, trying to trying to bounce, trying to get bounced back. I put it to you this way: if for Washington to win. Heineke is going to have to play. If he plays, he's going to have to play the best game of his career, in my opinion. Just because you guys, you're so injured, and you have so many people out. Like, I, I don't trust the defense to to be able to stop like Jalen Hurts' wheels. I don't think he's going to shred you in the passing game because it's Hurts. But I think he might gash you in the run game. I think they're with so many of your defensive linemen out. It's going to be hard to set the tone on the on the line of scrimmage. So I think. The Philly rush defense might might overpower you a little bit, um, so I think Heineke's going to have to play pretty well. Um, but Lauren, how how do you feel about this game? Yeah, no, I think going. If you asked me before we played Dallas, I would have told you. I, I my mindset was we could probably beat them, but the string of injuries. We'll have to see who is healthy and who is not come come Sunday. Um, the string of injuries has got me worried. If uh, McLaurin's out, 
Um, you know, if, if Taylor's going in and he's trying to play through a hurt knee and some of what makes him special is his mobility and escapability, I think it's going to be hard for us to beat this Eagles team and especially, and also on the COVID list, you know, um, Kendall Fuller's not vaccinated, so he's gone um, or he's out still. Uh, I'm pretty sure Montez Sweat might be back in time, might not. I can't remember. Nope, he's out. So um, Logan Thomas is out. We lost another weapon there. I think we'd have to. It's going to be a. Um, it's going to be interesting on that defensive end, the D line. Uh, we know we signed linebacker Nate Orchard, so we'll see how well he fits back into this this uh, the game. But I I think I'm leaning. I, if like I said, if you'd asked before the Cowboys game, I'd have said we can. I don't know about this Cowboys game, but we can beat the Eagles. But right now, I just need to see that injury report come out for me to for me to think Washington has a chance. I think that I think the Eagles are probably going to beat us, but. Um, I need to see who's hurt and who's not right before, right before the game and how healthy our D-line is as well. If Jonathan Allen's back, that's a, I think that's a little bit of a different story, um, kind of different players. But real quick on the um, gambling inside of the game, Washington right now is the dogs at uh, the spreads at five, or it's four and a half. Um, plus 180 is the money line for Washington, minus 220 is the money line for Eagles, done over under 45. So, my yeah, my fear is Terry's going to be out, or, or if he's not out, maybe he's still he's still questionable to return. So, and then other fears, maybe Heineke's not at 100, um, and he's trying to trying to be mobile, maybe re-injures his knee. Um, we'll see, but I think I've got the um, – if yeah, I, I just have to look at that injury report, but for right now, I think I got the Eagles. Probably, I think they got the Eagles beating us, but that's just because we're so banged up. I think if we had – if we weren't this banged up, I'd, I'd probably take us. We didn't have so many people on the COVID list and hurt. Um, I'd probably be leaning our direction, but we just lost our one of our best corners. We're going to have Troy Ackby running around back there. Lord help us. Um, Troy Ackby is going to start? He's going to get playing time at corner, uh, especially if Kendall Fuller's out. So he probably is. Uh, you know how injuries go. You know how the NFL games go. I think we, got that, we got that third stringer back, though. Um, Jer- who, Jeremy Reeves? Or- oh, Daryl Roberts. Daryl oh, Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's an so. ex-Jets. <laughs> hey, yo. But Go yeah. ahead, AJ. Tell us how we're wrong. Yeah, no. I, well, actually, I think um, I think it's it'll be it, it's going to be interesting, right? I think the my ability to think clearly about who's going to 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 win this game is sort of disrupted, obviously, by all the all the COVID stuff. But I mean, think. Let's think. I don't think. I think our offense will be. I think our offense is. Our offense is pretty much fine, at least as far as COVID's concerned. I mean, obviously we've got some injuries that are concerning. Um, Antonio Gibson's fumble problems uh, need to be – something needs to be done about that. Dude, my, um, my, you guys need to get Tiki Barber to coach him up or something. Yeah, something's got to be done. Like, seriously, like, tape the ball to his hands. Give that Vince a sleep, stick Sleep with the ball at night. Take yeah. it on dates with you. Like, <laughs> don't don't let it leave your sight. Like, yeah. something. Um, but – you know, I think we, I think we got a shot at getting. I think we have a shot at getting Jaden McKissick back this week, I believe. Um, and then, in addition to that, yeah, you do have a shot. Antonio Gibson was still tearing it up before he, you know, he just needs to keep the ball. The ball control is the issue there. If we got Taylor Heineke, uh, you know, if we're out, let's let's say we're out Terry McLaurin. I, I feel I still feel like our offense is just pretty much exactly where it was a couple weeks ago when we were winning games. I don't feel that. I don't feel like uh, like it's falling apart. Um, and if you look at the de- in, in, in terms of the defensive line, um, who we're missing, we, we're missing we're missing Jonathan Allen. That's obviously huge, but we've still got Matt Ioannidis and uh, and Deron Payne in, in the interior. Um, who's I don't even remember who was coming off the edge in the last game anyway. So uh, I'm not entirely certain that we're we're hurt that much in, in terms of in terms of the way that goes. Um, I know that uh, Miles Sanders is I believe he's still injured uh, on the on the offensive side of the ball. 
um, for the for the Eagles anyway. Um, so I mean, all, in terms, I mean, I I think this is going to be a really close game. Um, you know, Im- imagine we don't get much, uh, you know, of a pass rush from the offensive line or defensive line. Does it really hurt us that much? Uh, Jalen Hurts is not a pocket passer. He doesn't. He does not read. He's not. He's not quite at the level where he can read defenses and stuff yet. Um, it'll be. It's going to be interesting to see whether you know what he can do, uh, particularly depending on how um, uh, 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 Jack Del Rio decides to play this. Um, you know, maybe you disguise some. You disguise some coverages and try and confuse him a little bit uh, and trick him into throwing some bad passes, and and we could have ourselves a little game here. Um, I don't feel quite as pessimistic about about the situation. Um, I don't feel confident, but, um, you know, I, I don't think these, I don't think the Eagles are a good, are a good football team this year. Um, so I don't know. It's like a 50, 50 ball. I have, I have, I have no strong feelings about it, but I guess to play devil's advocate, I'll take the Redskins or I'll take Washington. That's fair. Yes. So it's interesting for me is what's the. What what got me kind of frustrated was the the underthrown balls to Terry, and then I, you knew it was for me anyway. I thought I don't know about you guys, in my personal opinion, I thought it was only a matter of time before he got hurt. And sure enough, he yells, he tells points for him to run deeper, run deeper, then underthrows him, and he high points the ball and gets a concussion. So we'll see what happens. I think AJ, that's a great point to your, uh, or that's a great point that our offense, you know, wasn't really relying on the pass game anyway. We were kind of just running the ball down people's throats and then working off, working off that. So we'll see how healthy our offensive line is too. We lost another center um, with an Achilles injury. And we also had Charles Leno uh, with the back uh, during the game as well. So the, the Charles Leno, apparently he should be fine as of Monday, but the, uh, but our, our, our center, was going to need an MRI, so we just don't know about that. The other guy we lost at the in the um, rotation for D is, is Tim Settle. Uh, we haven't talked about him much as well, but he was also a great rotational piece. You know, it kind of felt like we were already playing with um, without Chase and Chase Young and Montez Sweat when they were hurt, or Chase Young's done for the year, but Montez Sweat broke his jaw. Um, we were already playing with our backups, right? But then it's like last game we're playing our backup backups, right? And we still did a decent job. I felt like trying maybe handling Dallas's and the, Dallas and their awkward offense, but. I just think that uh, going into this game, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, it, I think it's all going to be just depending on can we run the ball, and if we can get run the ball down their throat and do the whole clock management thing, then I think you're right. Maybe we got a shot at sneak uh, getting a win here. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's for example, watch re- like recalling the the Eagles versus Jets game uh, like two weeks ago, right? Like Jalen Hurts didn't he didn't shred us in the air. He. he Honestly, really didn't like Goddard. He had two big passes to Goddard that were just because our like our coverage was blown both times. Um, like it was he, he wasn't he wasn't Peyton Manning it or anything like that. Like it wasn't outstanding. What really gashed us, honestly, was just the sheer dominance on the line of scrimmage by the Eagles' offensive line. That's really what did it for us. It created it created the the openings for Goddard because we were overselling on the run at that like early on we already knew that's what the that's what the coaching staff had gained for so it's it'll be interesting to see if like AJ said if instead of just full on committing to the run if he trusts what who you have out there and just goes I'm going to I'm going to just throw everything at this kid and see if I can't make him make a mistake cuz if there's one thing that Washington has done really well since um I'll I'll go I'll go back to like the Bucks game where you guys kind of really turned it on on defense. You've been more opportunistic. I mean, you've you've been getting turnovers. You've been making the stops when you need them. So 
and I think it's really easy to do uh, against Hertz. Like he's 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 not he's not um he's not a Herbert. He's not a Burrow. Like he's he's Lamar Jackson light. That's what he is. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm not saying there isn't a chance. I'm just saying because you're at such a disadvantage with so many starters out, I still have to go that way. But completely within the realm of possibility that he throws two to three interceptions and how often can you win when you throw two to three interceptions you know yeah and if you know that antonio gibson fumbling is a big thing too i mean look at the game oh, some man. of the games we've lost by single digits and you know he doesn't fumble that ball maybe two more games go away and right now mm-hmm. we're sitting at uh um nine and i think yeah nine and uh, or eight and seven instead of uh you know or six and seven fighting for a spot here but that's got that's definitely got to get cleaned up so yeah, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I second year wide receiver converted to running back. He's probably not used to all the contact, but I mean, my guy, <laughs> you gotta hold it. If, if that, I'll never forget Tiki running with one hand over it and then the second one over the top. Like, and Tiki did not fumble. It yeah, wasn't exactly. pretty, but uh, y'all need to call that man. Um, moving forward here. Uh, my Jets against the Dolphins. All I know is that we are eight and a half points underdog here. Um, we are. I think we're playing. I think we're playing away, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think we're going down to Miami. So uh, yeah, we're without are. we're without Corey Davis. He's done for the season. Elijah Moore's on IR, so he's out at least another two weeks. Uh. Ty Johnson, who's stepped in for uh, for an injured Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter, my guy cannot catch a cold. Like just we, for for as long as I've been watching the Jets this season, like all I had begged was that when he came back from injury, that he did what Mike White did and just like take what the defense gives gives him, right? <laughs> and my poor guy tried to do that all game, threw it to Ty Johnson like three or four times bricks for hands could not catch a ball (laughs) like i don't i don't know he's like antonio gibson times 100 didn't want the ball anywhere near him just not a playmaker moment was too big big. (laughs) Uh, but the fear get the best of him it definitely did (laughs) um and it's not to say that like miami has an explosive offense or anything like that i mean jalen waddle is a hell of a player but he's like the only person i'm intimidated by on that team um, the entire running back room for Miami, by the way, on COVID, like on the COVID list right now. So Gaskins, Ahmed, and I don't even know who the third stringer is, but Brown. he's on there. Mm, there you Brown. go, Malcolm Brown. He's on the COVID Philip list. Philip Lindsay. That that's who yeah. So they have Brown. If you guys don't know at home, Malcolm Brown, last time he was relevant, I'm pretty sure he played for the for the Rams when they were still in uh St. Louis. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, that was the last time he was relevant. So, um, our defense is just really bad. I don't, I don't trust it. Um, but you know what? We're at that point in the season where we just randomly win a game, just, just because that's what we do. And I think Miami's what where we do it. I, and Zach Wilson did not throw a turnover last week. Um, I shit you not, I probably grew like three gray hairs in anticipation for an interception, and he did not throw one. Um, so that was the breath of fresh air. He didn't throw a touchdown either, but I will take no interceptions whatsoever through forever 200 yards. A lot of accuracy issues going on with Zach. I think that's just because 
he hasn't settled down from the knee injury. I think he's still, he doesn't trust it. So uh, I'm going to go on a flyer here, and I'm going to go with my Jets. I think Zach has a great game. I think he's going to stand out, uh, build on what he's been building on already, and I'm sticking with it. I'm going to be hopeful for once. Uh, if I go back to drinking on Sunday night and you guys don't hear from me, you know why. <laughs> uh, AJ, <laughs> your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a divisional game, right? And, uh, you know, what I always say, it's like these, these things are, uh, you know, it's a little bit hard to predict. Um, but uh, I've, I'm have i going to go with the, the Dolphins on this just because uh, they're, um, you know, sort of sort of semi-hot right now. And, and um, you know, the Jets are, are not. Um, so that's that's pretty much all my thinking is around that one. Uh, Lauren, how about you? Yeah, no, I'm leading Miami's way as well. Uh, so the Dolphins, as Eric said, are the favorites at uh, eight and a half points. And the money line's minus 420 for them, plus three, uh, 320 for the Jets. But I'm leading Miami. What I, went, what I wanted to bring up before we kind of started the NFL segment was I think that this year, more than I can, can remember, and maybe it's because they've made the, the – um, the playoff they made a seventh playoff seed but like the middle class is like like there's like there's like a tier maybe like one team maybe in each division that's like top but like the middle class for these for for both divisions are like stacked like it's it's trading every week you know like miami for instance is 13th in the afc they're only one game out of a playoff spot and they're ranked 13th they're only one game out of um being in seventh place or, or actually they're only one game out of being in sixth place like winning a game and, you know, the Colts catching a loss or something like that or uh, and moving up the standings. And it's the same thing for the uh, the NFC. You know, Seattle's still not eliminated and they only have five wins. So, you know, there's some wacky scenario where they went out and they somehow make the playoffs and things like that. So it's just been kind of a fun season in that regard that the that these these three on these middle teams here, the seventh fighting for a seventh and sixth seed. And it's all kind of close. But I got Miami taking this one. I think they're still hot and I think they're rolling. Um I think they'll just be able to, to just keep momentum, momentum momentum going. They've won their last five in a row. Um, and as AJ alluded to and said so uh, poignantly, the Jets are not. Uh, so, sorry, Eric. Uh, so, that's, I think Miami gets the win here. That is completely fair. Not, uh, not a surprise not a surprise choice at all. I, I'm, I'm just feeling spicy this week, so sticking with it. Uh, Ravens versus Packers this week. Um you know, we, we spent probably a solid two to three episodes absolutely roasting Aaron Rodgers for his sheer stupidity and, like, just downright obscurity. But um, Clown. Yeah, the guy's a joker. Uh, seems, like an, seems like an asshat of a person. But two he's a great of a quarterback. <laughs> what was the one, what, what's the one that I love that you said? Two fries short of a Happy Meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, couple drops of frosting short of a birthday cake. Yeah, would uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, it seems like the type of guy that we would go out for drinks with, and he would say he's going to the bathroom and just never come back and leave us at the time. <laughs> um, great quarterback, though, and I think against the depleted Ravens defense and a hobbled Lamar, who's clearly done far too much at this point of the season, I think the Packers are just going to take the cake here. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but. I think they'll have a solid, like, 10-point cushion the whole time. Um, Lauren? Yeah, I've got uh, – it's kind of like I said last week going into that Browns game. They were just too – I think they were just too beat up on a short week and um, lost too many. And they're, one of their thinnest positions right now is, is DBs and cornerbacks. And I think Aaron Rodgers is just in an, um, 
Jamal Adams are just gonna just just gonna or uh, Devontae Adams, excuse me, are just gonna uh, uh, feast on on their secondary, and I think they're just gonna be able to throw the ball around all day. Uh, the uh, Packers are minus four and a half favorites. Uh, the money line's minus two thirty for them, plus one ninety for the the uh, Ravens. The over under is forty three and a half. So I, I think Green Bay takes it. I think they're just hot right now. They're they're playing well. Uh, Lamar has done Lamar has done as best as he can to hold this team together. It seemingly with like um, duct tape and glue and and done the best he can with to, to get them wins and sacrifice it and leave it all out there on the field. But I think it's starting to catch slowly starting to catch up with them and, and, and not even catch up with him, catch up with the team and just injuries. I think their injuries just keep mounting and they keep losing valuable starters at, at key positions. So I think that someone told me that they're like almost they're into most of their secondaries, all like second string guys or guys they've had to call up. And um, I think Aaron Rodgers just, I think Aaron Rodgers tortures them. Um, Sadly, what about you, AJ? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Uh, I think I think it might. I think it probably be a close game. Um, you know, especially if Lamar Jackson starts. Also, shout out to Ty Huntley for making the uh, Browns look absolutely stupid on a couple of runs. That was pretty exciting to see. Um, but the uh, but I mean, I think ultimately the um, the Ravens play a lot of man defense, uh, and as long as that's the case, uh, I think you can count on uh, Devonte Adams to win his battles. Um, and, and so I, you know, I, I see them, I, I can foresee the Packers having a lot of success, uh, in the passing attack in that respect. Uh, I think I probably also have to go, go with the Packers on this one, just because the Ravens are so banged up. Um, uh, but I will say any team with Lamar Jackson on it is a team that can't be counted out. So, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily, uh, I could see, I could see them sneaking up on, on the, on the Packers for this one. Uh... Oh, I just drew a blank there. I was going to say, oh, that that kind of reminisced to me of your other tagline, don't count Mike Tomlin out, so uh, don't, count, don't count Lamar out. Um, you never can, that's true. He's, a, he's, yeah. he's on your team, you got to find a shot, that's for sure. But it's a banged up ankle, and then he's know, probably man. and he's probably banged up. He's probably got other injuries that they don't, you know, he's, you know that he's probably not talking, not talking about too much about. But I don't, I, I just, like, at this point, right, I understand the Ravens are clearly in the hunt, but if, if Lamar is not a hundred percent, I mean, he's literally like Lauren said, he's literally the only thing that's holding your team together. So like they're playing, I mean, they're playing the Packers. So do you want to start Tyler? Um, I mean, but he showed he could do enough. Right. I mean, so I don't know. Like if Lamar is not a hundred percent as much as I want to make the playoffs at the same time, like you got to take care of your franchise guy, but knowing Lamar, he's going to want to troop it out anyways. Cause that's, like he's a baller, so um, I just—it's so hard for me to. I just can't see him mounting enough against. Well, the the I was thinking, you know, you bench him for maybe maybe you rest him for a week. I said bench him like he was in trouble, but like rest him for a week, you know, and let Huntley play and um, see where you're at. But their schedule—I mean, they play the Bengals after the Packers, then they play the Rams, and then they play the Steelers. So like their schedule is only going to pick up is picking up here, and uh, it's the last four games aren't going to be pretty. Especially if Lamar's hurt, they're they're, they're not going to play chunks of teams. So um, we'll just have to see what happens here. They're going through that same gauntlet y'all are going through, basically. That's yeah, pretty much at this point in the season, absolutely it's a brutal, brutal stretch of games. Well, we'll see. Um, I, yeah, I got to stick with my pick though. AJ brought up some good points, but I mean, it's tough to tough to go against it. Uh, another big a big divisional matchup here: uh, Chiefs versus Chargers. 
these Chiefs were kind of counted out early in the season, prematurely, obviously, because they're balling out. Um, Herbert and Co. are still are still like one of the best teams too, like one of the youngest teams. First year head coach over there doing something right. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Chiefs here. I th- I think that if I'm not mistaken, the Chargers beat them earlier in the year. Um, I think the Chiefs right now are, are on like they're on a streak. Um, they're getting some pieces back. Mahomes seems to be like hitting strides again. Um, I think it's gonna be a fun game. I think it's gonna be a shootout. Um, just because it always is with Mahomes and Herbert. You, like even even Herbert against Washington, that was an absolute shootout of a game, and it was so much fun to watch. So I can imagine this game. Um, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs from this one, just because I can't, in good conscience, right now with the streak that they have, count out Mahomes. Um, I think he's he's proven enough at this point to be on par with like Peyton Manning in the early 2000s. You know, like just one of those guys that would just shred your defense. So uh, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here, Warren. Who are you picking, man? Yeah, so um, the Chiefs are the favorite by three points, um, and the money line is minus 170 for them, plus 145 for the uh, Chargers, and it's uh, over-unders at 52 points. Uh, no, I'm, I'm leaning a, I'm leaning Kansas City's way, too. It's just more that, like uh, like you kind of said, they they uh, the Chargers did beat Kansas City earlier this year, um, so it's another primetime matchup. It's a big game. I think Kansas City's rolling. They're kind of finding their stride. They found their stride. They're hitting it. Um, they, what's interesting is they both average 27 points per game, but the Chargers give up 25 points a game, if you will, 25.8, so 26 points a game, and the Chiefs only give up 20 at this point. So um, Chiefs also ha- average more rushing yards. So I think that they – I just think Kansas City gets this win. I think they uh, they can do enough to keep uh, – they can either – it. you know, I feel like Kansas City can beat you either in a shootout or a close game. So I think it's probably going to be a shootout, though. Um, and I've got I've got Kansas City probably I've got Kansas City taking this one, but it'll be a fun game and I bet it's high scoring. So AJ, what do you think? Yeah, I don't want to repeat what everyone else has said. I also lean towards Kansas City on this one. Uh, that being said, I mean I, I could easily see it going the other way, particularly because um, you know with Pat Mahomes Pat Mahomes gets in trouble. Uh, you know as, as great as his improv- uh, improvisational ability is, uh, when he's been in trouble this year, it's been uh, times when he's been placed a lot, under a lot of pressure. The uh, Chargers have a great defensive line, so I could see them uh, causing a lot of problems for for Pat um, and, you know, having him make some, make some mistakes. Uh, and, you know, one or two mistakes is really all you need in this league sometimes to to swing the game your way. So I could see this going either way. Um, and uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers take this one, but my, my gut's telling me that probably the Chiefs are going to pull this one out. Fair enough. Well, some of these games you don't want to overthink. Uh, one game that I am overthinking is the Patriots versus the Colts. Uh, as everybody knows, I fucking hate the Patriots. Uh, I can't wait for that franchise all. to fall to the basement of the NFL. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Please, uh, Mac Jones. Absolutely. I hope he has like a huge sophomore slump. Um, I hope Belichick retires soon. Whatever. Uh, regardless, at the beginning of the podcast or like before the podcast. I told the fellas I was leaning towards the Patriots, but you know what? Fuck them. I'm going to go with the Colts here. Um, I think their defense is kind of revitalized a little bit. They're kind of finding their identity again because they're they're one of those like heavily sleeped on defenses that's actually pretty solid. Um, and Jonathan Taylor is playing out of his mind. And I know that Patriots defense is pretty good. Um, but you know what? Fuck them. I'm going with the Colts. 
Uh, Lauren, who you got? Yeah, so it looks like the uh, the actually the Colts are the favorite in this game. They're actually favored by two and a half points. Uh, the money line's minus one forty for them. Over under is forty five um, and a half. And the, uh, the 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 Patriots are the the do- are the dogs at plus one twenty on the money line. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. It's I was sitting here listening to you talk. I, I was thinking also kind of leading towards New England as well. Um, I was just thinking they they're gonna come in here. Um, almost Zach was Mac Jones is going to have a fresh arm for running the ball 86 gajillion times last week. Um, you know, he didn't have to do anything. And, um, but I think this is going to be a tough game and I bet it's going to be tight. And I think it's going to be closer than people think. And it's going to come down to some, like a last second, last minute, whoever gets the ball last, like a last second field goal and can get down the field. Um, but man, my, so I'm kind of, I was thinking Patriots and I was, and, and just because they're a machine right now and they've just been a well-oiled machine, and the Colts have kind of been, I feel like have kind of been up and down. But I think the I think Indy takes this game personally, and I think they come smack the Patriots in the mouth. Um I've I've been watching the hard knocks, uh Indy, Indy's hard knocks in uh in season. And you know, kind of buying into what they're doing and buying into their co- head coach. And I see he it kind of seems like they're they're kind of uh they're rallying around each other. Um I think it's a it's it's a big game, obviously. Uh means playoff implications for Indy. But I think on the I think that I think I'm gonna roll with you, Eric. I think for what you said, I think we're gonna I'm gonna rock with India on this one as well. What about you, AJ? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if if necessarily if Indiana picked this up. Uh, but I actually think the Patriots are gonna win this game. I think that the Indianapolis Colts are actually pretty soft this year. Um, I think most of their wins have come against opponents who are either at the time were playing very bad or just are very bad teams. Um, and so I think they'll come to meet a, a well-prepared uh, New England Patriots uh, defense this year. Um, and I, I think I respect Carson Wentz's athleticism and his ability to um, to improvise and throw the ball down the field. I'm happy we don't have to see that in Philly uh, two times a year anymore uh, in Washington, uh, against the Washington football team. But uh, I think that he, to me, he's not he's not really a proven winner. Um, and, or at least I, I don't think he's, um, I don't, I just, I don't, I don't, I think the wins in, in, in are soft in my opinion. So I don't trust them. Um, and I think that the Patriots are going to be a better football team. Also just a heads up, this is a Saturday night game. Um, there's two games on Saturday night this, this, right. uh, this week. Um, we have the, uh, Raiders Browns game at four 30 on Saturday and this, and then the Patriots Colts game at eight 15. Um, Saturday night. So just a heads up to those people. So if they're not wandering around looking for it on Sunday. There you go. Yeah, it's weird. It's always funny to to remember that the NFL flexes Saturday games once college football is all like on that break right now. Just imagine if they didn't have to wait till college was over. They would just own your weekend, right? Like <laughs> they would have games on like for Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, you know, like they would just, they would have games nonstop. I feel. Knowing the NFL, they would absolutely salivate at that idea. Fucking, fucking greedy machine over there. Um, but anyways, uh, we've hit the point in the night where it is time for our man, Lauren, to go through his magic minute. Uh, these are the games that we kind of all feel are either not too big in terms of matchups or just we all agree on um, who's going to win. So, Lauren, if you are ready, sir, your magic minute timer is starting. 
All right, so before we start our uh, Lawrence Fastest Minute in the NFL, um, we've got this game here, the Las Vegas uh, Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns taking place at 430 um, on Saturday. The The spread is minus three for the Cleveland Browns, minus 160 is the money line. Over-under is at 40 and plus 140 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I, It's hard to know what to make of these two teams right now because, like, the Browns are kind of just stumbling around and getting wins. And who knows if they beat ball. I don't know if they beat Baltimore last week, if Lamar doesn't get hurt. Um, and then Vegas is kind of doing the same sort of deal. They just got absolutely blasted by the Kansas city chiefs. So it's almost feels like uh, it almost, almost kind of want to say that I'm leaning maybe towards Vegas in the sense that they're going to have to come out with some pride and some like ego, you know, and be like, you know, we just got absolutely our, uh, we just got it handed to us like last week, like, Let's come out and maybe 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 show this Browns team what's up. But what, AJ, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't see. I just don't. I, I, it's unclear. I don't, I don't trust this Browns team. I don't know what to what to make of them. Um, I don't necessarily trust the Raiders that much either. But I think um, I think they have a competent. I think they have a more competent quarterback than the Browns do under with with Derek Carr. That I know that for sure. But then again, the Browns don't really rely on that. They really rely on their running attack, and they've got Nick Chubb back. Um, so, you know, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel quite as confident enough to say, yeah, you know, the Browns are probably going to take it. Uh, they've, they only put up 16 points against a Baltimore team, uh, whose, whose secondary was listing after like, just was, was, was just, it's in shreds, um, you know, just due to, due to injuries. They put up, uh, the Browns put up 13 points on a win over the Detroit lions that, 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 that's the lions guys, uh, 13, that's all they could muster. Uh, you know, I just, I, I just don't know which version of the Browns we're going to get here. And it's hard, it's hard for me to say, yeah, you know, they, they, I can, I see them as a clear favorite. Um, yeah, but then again, that rushing attack is an argument all, all by itself. I don't know, man. Uh, Eric, what do you think? So here's, here's where I stand. Um, uh, like the Raiders are one of the, probably one of the hottest teams to start the season, um, even when they lost John Gruden, even with the horrible situation that happened with Henry Ruggs, like they managed to find a way to keep winning. Um, in their last six games, though, they've lost to they lost to the Giants. They lost to the, they got blown out by the Chiefs. Um, they weren't competitive against the Bengals. They barely eked out a win against the Cowboys. Uh, lost to Washington, and then again got blown out by the Chiefs. Both Chiefs games. The Chiefs scored over 40 points, and they were held under 20 points. Um, and I think, like, I think the the Raiders are just kind of at the point in the season where uh, there was a level of, like, you don't know what to expect with this interim head coach, like how much of John Gruden's side was going to stick there and how much of his own uh, coaching perspective was going to be added into it. Derek Carr was balling out. Um, Renfro is still, I mean, he's still having a great year, but there was a lot of unknowns, and I I can tell in the last six games, teams teams have been picking up on it. Like they're not coming out with anything special. Uh, I think their interim head coach is kind of at the end of his rope. Uh, I'm pretty sure they only beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys have Mike McCarthy. So, um, I think they're gonna. I I think the Browns do enough uh, with the ultimate game manager Frodo Bag. I mean Baker Mayfield, um, <laughs> and. Nick Chubb behind that offensive line. I think they're going to do enough to eke out a win here. Um, so I'm going to go with the Browns um, just because I feel like the Raiders, they're just at their ends rope and they're, I feel like they're, they gave it all they could. And that was that. Eric, does it sway you at all if Darren Waller plays? Oh, 
I think what I'm more interested in seeing is what ends up happening with the three offensive linemen that mm. are for, that are on the COVID list for for the Browns. I am forgetting that they have like eight players on COVID, um, three of which are starting offensive linemen. Um, so if those three offensive linemen don't go against the Raiders defensive line that has Waller and Ngakwe, Crosby. Yeah, right. Yeah, Crosby. Uh, that could be a problem. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, no, I might lean the I might start leading the Raiders way just because of those those linemen being out and then being so trying to be so efficient on the and if Darren plays, he's 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 still up in the air. The last news report I was kind of glancing at real quick. He's kind of questionable. He could play, he could not go, but I don't know. I might lead towards Las Vegas if he if Darren's playing and those linemen are out for Baker. And that D lineman, I feel like that D lineman that defense is just gonna feast. What do you think, AJ? Does yeah, no, actually, up? that's a really good point. I, I I had forgotten about the linemen out for the yeah, for the yeah. Browns, and that's that's huge because I mean that the, yeah. the linemen are the running attack basically. Exactly. Um, so so yeah, I mean if if especially if those linemen aren't able to play, and especially if Darren Waller goes, I, I'm leaning Raiders. Yeah, that's fair. Um, God, I got I'm. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Browns. I'm gonna go Browns here. I'm gonna Take go Browns. Cleveland. Yeah. It's All right, that'll be fun to watch. It's tough, Vegas. though. It's tough. <laughs> like Las Vegas. All right, now I've got to choose. What do I think? I think I'm gonna lean towards Vegas for now, just because I think the if especially if the Browns keep who knows what it's gonna to happen tomorrow with COVID tests and things like that. I think if the the Browns keep popping positive for COVID tests and um, missing more D linemen, because you know it, it, to me what I've noticed is it seems like it's a trend, right? Like it's our it's all our D defensive linemen that got COVID. It seems like it's their offensive linemen who have problems, you know. So like any more of their offensive linemen pet to, uh, pop positive. Um, I think they're in some hot water fast, so I'm gonna think I'm gonna lean on the lean towards the Raiders on this one as well. Just kind of kind of be a surprise upset here, be an upset. I think though, I think they're gonna come oh, in with some fair. pride and some ego after getting blasted by Kansas City last week. Let's see. So then, should we do the fastest minute? Let's do it. Yes, sir. Take it away. All right, so. First game we have here is Carolina Panthers versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are minus 10 and a half uh, spread in favor. The money line is minus 550. The over-under is 43. Carolina is at plus 400 on the money line. We all took the Bills. Uh, another 1 o'clock game on Fox here is Arizona Cardinal versus the Detroit Lions. You don't need to ask any sort of questions at all. Just put all your money on the Cardinals. Um, Cowboy, Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. The uh, Fox at 1 o'clock p.m. Um, the Cowboys are 10 and a half point spreads. Minus, money lines minus 550. Uh, over-unders at uh, 44 and a half. And the money line for New York is plus 400. New York is a walking dumpster fire. So the Cowboys, as bad as they are, should be able to beat them. Um, then we have Titans versus Pittsburgh. Now, um, looks like Vegas has this actually as a pretty close game. Um, they have the Steelers being the dogs at, uh, or they have the Titans being the favorite, excuse me, of minus one, one and a half. And they have, uh, uh, the money lines minus 125. And the uh, money line for the Pittsburgh Steelers is plus 105. Over-unders at 41 and a half. Uh, I think we're all picking the Titans, still picking the Titans on this one, just uh, just because you just don't know what's going to happen with Big Ben and how well he's going to play. Titans, uh, Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Texans are actually the dogs in this game, which is very confusing considering how awful the the Jacksonville Jaguars are. And the Texans actually put up a fight last week. Uh, it seemed well for a little bit against their Seattle. Never mind, they got blown out. Um, so the the uh, Texans are plus three and a half on the on the spread as dogs. Uh, money lines plus one fifty for them, minus one seventy five for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over under set at thirty nine and a half. I don't think I've seen an over under that low in the NFL before. So they think there's going to be no scoring done in that game. Um, should be pretty boring, uh, like watching paint dry. So there's another four o'clock game on CBS is Bengals versus the Denver Broncos. The Bengals are actually dogs in this game at mine at plus one, one and a half, uh, plus one Oh five money lines, uh, for the, for the Denver Broncos is at minus minus one twenty five. over unders at 43 and a half. We all picked the Cincinnati Bengals, um, Falcons versus the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are, uh, minus nine point favorites money lines, minus four thirty. over unders at 46 plus, uh, three thirty for the Falcons. We all picked the 49ers because what are the Falcons, uh, Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams. Um, the, uh, Rams are my are the favorite at minus four and a half. Money lines minus two twenty. Over unders at 45, uh, 45 and a half plus one eighty money line for the Seattle Seahawks. We all picked the Rams. New Orleans Saints versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers eleven point favorites. Money lines minus five fifty. Over unders forty six and, and a half. Uh, money lines plus four hundred for the Saints. I, I know I do no idea why you did money on the Saints to win that game. Um, Minnesota Vikings and your Monday night game is Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Uh, Minnesota Vikings are the favorite of minus three and a half. Money lines minus 200. Um, and then plus 170 money line for Chicago Bears. And the over-unders at 44. We all picked the Minnesota Vikings. And that concludes Lauren's fastest minute in the NFL. Thank you very much, Lauren, for that magic minute in the NFL. Um, I guess with that, folks, uh, we'll end the night. Thank you all for being with us yet again for another episode at the Go Deep Podcast. We truly appreciate you. Uh, I know AJ reminded me last week, and so I will not forget this week. But if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, please feel free to leave us a review there. Uh, Apple Podcasts is the only platform in which we can get reviews, so that really helps us understand what you want to get out of this. Uh, Everybody else, we really appreciate you listening, as it is. Uh, Gentlemen, any parting words that you'd like to say? Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. We'll see you all next week.